Welcome to Lore of the Loch, brought to you by the Any Collective. Come, take a seat by the fire. This week's story is a tale of unlikely heroes and hungry monsters. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. There was once a farmer who lived on a fine farm called Ligarth. This humble home lay in a valley by the side of a stream. The farmer had a wife and seven sons, and they all worked hard on the farm. The youngest son earned the name Asipatl, as he would sit by the peat fire all day raking through the ashes, as Asipatl means ash raker. Up and at em. Time for another day's work! Wake up, kids! Get up! Uh, I'm up. I'm up. I can see that, dear. Go wake up your brothers. Assy Paddle? I do hope that you're coming with us today. No, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <sighs> okay. Try and keep busy, dear. Mother, when are you going to kick him out? He's a waste of bread. Enough! Apologize right now. But mother, I... Uh, sorry. Dear, we cannot keep letting him get away with this. He's a part of this family, and this time he started to act like it. I know. Now, one day a terrible thing happened. The Stewerworm arrived at the land where Asipatl lived. This was no ordinary storeworm, but the Mester storeworm, the oldest, biggest, and baddest storeworm in the sea. A sea monster so big that it was wrapped right around the world, and when it slithered its threatening body, it caused earthquakes and tidal waves. It could crush the mightiest ships between the forks of its tongue, or sweep whole villages into its mouth. The dreaded day came when the Mester Stoorworm had started to yawn. And a Stoorworm only yawns when he's taken over by a terrible hunger. The responsibility to save this land fell to the king. Would one of you blundering fools give me an answer? What the hell do I pay you for? <laughs> we can build a giant wall around the worm. Oh, yeah. Let's just build a great big wall all the way around this teensy tiny little storeworm. We'll only have to sail to New Zealand and back. Easy! Somebody else take a shot before I behead this rat! Uh, well, we, we could drown it! DROWN A SEA SERPENT! Why don't we just ask the spayman? Huh. Aye, aye, that's what we'll do. Good job, lad. What is a spayman, you ask? Wow, he is a powerful wizard. And this particular one just happens to also be the cleverest man in all the kingdom. The king and his men rode their horses over high hills and through thick forests to where the spaymen lived. Well, where is it? Well, sir, the spaymen's home doesn't appear to the human eye unless you ask for permission. Me? Permission? I am your king! I do not stoop down to ask permission from a lowly spayman. Your Majesty, I assure you this magic does not recognize wealth, status, nor regency. Then it must be banished from this land. With all due respect, if you banish him, there won't be a land much longer to be banished from. <laughs> to reveal the spayman and his home, 
we must touch the ground with our knees and thank her for earth, air, fire, and sea, and then ask, Forrest, will you reveal the truth to me? (sighs) Are you sure about this? I'm sure. The man slowly knelt to the ground. (sighs) Thank you for the earth. Thank you for the earth, air, fire, and sea. sea. Thank you for all you you do for me. Thank you for the crops on my table and the sun on my back. back. For the wind wind through my hair and the fire as it cracks. Great. It didn't work. I ought to have you hung for that. Oh, beautiful Father in Heaven, you are magnificent. Amazing, isn't it? Enough of these fancies. Where's the man I rode all this way to address? Is it me you speak of? (sighs) Where the hell did you come from? Aye, we came to ask for your counsel. The Master Storeworm has taken comfort on our shores. Even his yawns echo through our lands and pose a threat. How do we appease the beast? Your Majesty... The storeworm has traveled all over the world and eaten all sorts of exotic people. But now it is old and has developed a bit of a sweet tooth. If you were to feed it seven beautiful maidens for breakfast every Saturday morning, then it would spare the rest of your kingdom. Hmm. So it must be. Thank you for your service, Spayman. You will be greatly rewarded. Seven screaming maidens have been tightly chained and carried to a rock that lay in front of the storeworm. Soon thereafter, the creature awoke, creating mountainous waves. He yawned seven great yawns, and each time he flicked out his tongue and grabbed a woman, gobbling them up like sweeties. This ritual continued for many moons, and the population of the islands began to dwindle. One Saturday, Asipatl and his family went to watch the mighty worm eat his breakfast. There will soon be no more girls left in this land, and I have seven sons. Who will they marry? Who will look after us in our old age if there are no more children? Don't worry, Dad. I shall fight the storeworm, and I shall kill it. His brothers found this notion hilarious, so much so that they started throwing stones at poor Asipatl. Assy Paddle Deer, can you tell your brothers that supper's ready? They're in the barn. Of course, Mother. Hey, boys, supper's ready. Get him! All the brothers jumped on top of Assy Paddle, mercilessly smothering him with dirty straw. Poor Assy Paddle was struggling to breathe when their father appeared in the doorway. What's going on in here? Just messing around, Father. It's nothing to see here. Get off of him! For goodness sake, you boys will be the death of me. Now, come in for dinner. Lord bless this food we are about to eat. Lord bless the family around this table. We are grateful that we are all still alive. We weren't going to hurt him. Eat your dinner and shut up. It's all right, Father. If you hadn't come in when you did, I would have given them all a damn good thrashing. Well, why didn't you? Because I'm saving my strength. You? Saving your strength? <laughs> what were you saving your strength for? For when I fight the storeworm. 
<laughs> You'll fight the stoleworm when I make spoons from the horns of the moon. More time passed, and the number of maidens that had been fed to the stoleworm grew. Soon people began to complain that this couldn't be allowed to carry on. The king was growing desperate, so once more he called upon the spaymen. Spaymen, there must be another way. I cannot stand to see our women's lives thrown away so meaninglessly. How can we defeat this monster once and for all? Well, there is one thing that could satisfy the stoolworm, but your majesty, it is too terrible to say. Say it! And that is an order! All right. If you were defeated the most beautiful maiden in the land, your daughter, the Princess Gem de Lovely, then it would go away and spare the rest of your kingdom. That's outrageous! How dare you suggest such a thing? Guards! Come and take this traitor away! Hold on a minute. It is only right that my daughter, my only child descended from the god Odin and heir to my kingdom, should die so that her people can live. But I crave one indulgence. Give me three weeks to find a hero who can fight and kill the storework. If anyone can do that, I will give him my magic sword, Sickersnapper, my kingdom, and my daughter's hand in marriage. And so a proclamation went throughout the land calling for a hero to fight the Mester Storeworm and be the savior of the kingdom. 36 brave knights rode into town, but when the first dozen saw the size of the beast, they rode right through the village, out the other side and away home again. The second dozen fainted and had to be carried out on stretchers, boots first. The third dozen sank into a deep depression and sulked in the king's castle, drinking his beer and wine until all their tears turned into laughter. The king studied them and he was utterly disgusted because the blood of an older and nobler race ran through his veins. Bring me my sword, Sickersnapper, and make ready a boat. Tomorrow at dawn I will fight the Storeworm or die in the attempt. News of this spread like wildfire throughout the kingdom. Back at Ligarth, Asipatel was lying in his usual spot by the side of the fire. He was listening to his parents argue. So the king is going to fight the Storeworm. I can offer the king my horse, Tikong. He's the fastest horse in the land, you know? Whatever you say. What's up with you tonight? You're in a very sour mood. And so I might be? Why? What have I done now? You are keeping secrets from me, and I don't like it. Why? What secrets am I keeping? I don't have any secrets from you, my dear. Well, that horse of yours. Tikong? The fastest horse in the land, you know. I know, but there's something that you do that makes that horse run so fast, and I want to know what it is. But my dear, I can't tell you that. And why not? Well, because you see, it's a kind of a, a secret. 
Aha! Uh-huh. I thought as much. And if you have one secret, then maybe you have others. <laughs> oh, I don't have any secrets from you, my dear. This went on for some time, with Asipatel listening closely, until Father gave in and said, All right. I will tell you the secret of Gong's speed. If I want him to stand still, <laughs> I pat him on the left shoulder. Mm-hmm. If I want him to run fast, I pat him on the right shoulder. But if I want him to run as fast as the wind, I blow through a goose's windpipe. I keep one in my coat pockets in case of emergencies. Once Mother had heard this, she was content and soon they were both fast asleep, snoring away merrily. Asipatel got up from the side of the fire and went over to where his father's coat was hanging. He took out the goose's windpipe and slipped silently outside and headed to the stable. Shh! Whew. Left shoulder. <coughs> okay. <clears throat> Right shoulder. All this commotion abruptly woke up Asipatel's father. Stop! Stop! Thieves! Asipatel's father leaped onto another of his horses and followed Titgong, still oblivious to the identity of the thief. As he began to close in on them, he bellowed with all his might. Hi, hi, ho! Titgong, whoa! Teetgong stopped in his tracks, but Asipatel did not skip a beat in pulling out the goose's windpipe. He blew with all the strength he had, and Teetgong knew exactly what to do. (laughs) Together, they flew off into the night. Asipatel was on his way to fight the storeworm, and not even his father could stop him now. Eventually, they came to a hill, and down below them, they saw a wide bay, and in that bay, there was a big island. However, it wasn't an island. It was the storeworm's head. Asipatel rode down to the bay where he found a small house and went inside. There he saw an old woman lying asleep with her grey cat curled up at her feet. Asipatel took an iron pot from the side of the fire and picked up a glowing peat with the fire tongs and swiftly ran outside. Down by the shore, he saw the king's boat with a guard standing watch, blue with cold. You all right? (sighs) Cold. Well, I'm going to let a fire to boil some limpets for my breakfast. Would you like to have a warm by my fire? (sighs) Better not. I can't leave my post. I'll get into trouble. (sighs) Ah, better stay where you are, then. (gasps) Gold! Gold! (gasps) There's gold here! Gold? Where? The guard rocketed out of his boat, abandoning his station, giddy for gold. (laughs) Asipatel had successfully fooled him, giving himself time to jump inside the little craft. 
He cast off the rope, hoisted the sail, and was away across the bay before the guard even knew what had happened. When Asipatl looked around, he saw the king and his men arrive, just as the sun appeared over the horizon. As the first rays of the sun kissed the storeworm's eyes, it started to wake up, and it gave the first of its seven great yawns. Asipatl positioned the boat alongside the monster's mouth so that when it yawned again, the boat was carried into the storeworm with the water that rushed inside. And so he went right down the storeworm's throat. Little Asipatl and his little boat went into the belly of the beast. I don't suppose that you are familiar with the internal plumbing of a storeworm, so I had better explain. There's a large tunnel that runs right through the storeworm, but here and there are smaller tunnels running off the big one, and some of the water runs this way, some that way, until the water gets shallower and shallower and the boat is grounded. The inside of the monster glows with a green phosphorescent light, so Asipato can easily see where he's going. He grabbed the pot with the burning peat inside. Leaving the boat behind, he ran, searching each tunnel until he found what he was looking for. The stewerworm's liver. Well, you know how much oil there is in the liver of a fish, so imagine the amount of oil in the stewerworm's liver. Asipatl took a knife from his belt with which he cut a hole in the stewerworm's liver. Into the hole, he put the burning peat. And he blew, and he blew, until the oil splutters into flames. And then he ran back to his boat. I got up early to come and fight the sea creature and probably meet certain death. And then I arrived to see some idiot has stolen my boat and been swallowed by the worm almost straight away. Oh, bloody hell, doesn't get any better than this, does it? Uh, your majesty... I've never seen the storeroom do that before. Do what? Oh, well, he's kind of... Oh, oh, he's sort of smoking. Smoking? I... well, um... Look! And sure enough, when the king looked out over the bay, he could see black smoke starting to blow out of the storeworm's nose and out of his mouth. Now, the storeworm started to feel sick, and it spewed up all the water that was inside of it, which headed towards the shore as a huge wave. The king and his men, the old woman from the cottage with her cat, and all the horses ran up the hillside to safety as the wave drew near, with Asipatl in his boat riding the crest of it. The boat was cast up high and dry, right by the side of the king. Good morning, Your Highness. Who in the hell are you? The thick black smoke filled the sky, blocking out the sun, turning day into night. In its dying agony, the storeworm shot out its huge forked tongue so high that it caught hold of the moon. It would have pulled the moon straight from the sky, but the fork of its tongue slipped over the moon's horns and the mighty worm came back down to earth with a thundering crash, leaving an enormous hole in the surface of the world. Water poured into the hole where the beast landed, 
and it cut off the land of the Danes from Norway and Sweden. There it remains to this day as the Baltic Sea. And if you look at a map, you can still see the great forks of the storeworm's tongue. In its mortal pain, the fallen beast thrashed his gigantic body to and fro, knocking out its teeth. These teeth fell into the sea, and there they stand today as the Orkney, Shetland and Faroe Islands. With one last heave of its body, the Mester Sturworm curled up into a great big lump and died. And centuries later, it's still there. Only now, we call it Iceland. The flames that you see shooting out of the mountains there and the boiling water gushing from the ground are caused by the Sturworm's liver, which is still burning. Oh, my lord, you did it! Good job, son. Thanks. It was just a hunch, you know? My boy, my kingdom is yours, as is my daughter. That is, if she will have you. <laughs> I do! I do. The wedding was wonderful, and the newlyweds both agreed that their favourite gift came from Asipato's father. A beautiful set of spoons made from the horns of the moon. Asipato and his princess lived happily ever after. And there you have it. We hope you enjoyed our tale. Come back again next time for another story. Oh, and do be careful next time you're by the shore. For who knows what truly lives below.